This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm going to be looking at some other passages. As you study Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, again you're reminded of the handle, the, the strong handle this man had on the Word of God. Uh, I enjoy reading it and, and looking at some of the passages that for us perhaps are obscure. We've read them as we've read through the scriptures. Probably haven't heard too many messages, some of these, these passages, but these men, like Bunyan, knew the Word of God and brought out truths from these passages, and we're going to uh, be looking at some of those tonight. Hebrews chapter 2 is where we're going to begin. We do welcome our teens. We're glad you're here tonight. Uh, the youth group meeting here, and uh, we are working our way through measuring the, the progress of Bunyan's Pilgrim as he presents Pilgrim uh, in the Pilgrim's Progress. So John Bunyan's work brings us to a point in his story that is apropos for Christians who anticipate their pilgrimage into a new year. I hope we don't ever see 2022. I, I want to hear a trumpet and the Lord uh, set in motion the events that will bring his kingdom to this earth, literally a physical kingdom. At any point, you could hear a trumpet, and think about this, in less than two election cycles, Jesus could be reigning on his throne in Jerusalem. That's exciting. And so the, what we're going to see tonight, I believe, really is going to help prepare us, that the Lord tarries, to enter the new year. As we've gathered for this final service of 2021, I believe God has some important reminders for us to better prepare us to enter the celestial city ourselves. Now Bunyan saw in his dream that Christian, discretion, piety, charity, all talked together uh, at House Beautiful until dinner was ready. The table was furnished with fat things and the finest drink, but all their talk at the table was about the Lord. Again, no doubt Bunyan reflecting on what the table talk was when he was home. Certainly he's now writing this from prison. But when he was home and when we study the Puritans, uh, they saturated their lives uh, with truth, God's truth. And our table talk at mealtime, by the way, you need to have mealtime, but the table talk ought to be about the Lord. And so Christian and, and these others, they're talking about what the Lord had done, why he did it, why he had built house beautifuls to sustain weary travelers on the narrow way. And even the application is that our homes ought to be house beautiful, Christian homes that encourage and nurture spiritual growth, ourselves, our families, our Christian guests as we traverse the narrow way. 
Now by the conversation, Bunyan perceived that the Lord was indeed a great warrior, he writes, who had fought with and slain the enemy who had the power of death. Now when the Lord banished Satan to this earth, He's not fully banished. He still has access to the throne room, but he's got to go there so that he can report in, as we're seeing in the book of Job. The day's going to come during the tribulation will be he'll be completely banished. But when the Lord sent him here, banished him from, uh, from being able to maintain his position as the, uh, the archangel, um, when that happened, God also allowed him to supervise, to a degree, death. Now, how do we know that? Well, if you look at Hebrews 2, look at verses 14 and 15. For as much then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, speaking of Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Now, again, it's delegated. He can't do that unless he has permission from the Lord. But Satan is a liar. He's a murderer from the beginning. And the chaotic mess that happens on this earth that leads to death, he is, he's cheering that on and doing all he can to make it happen. Read on here in Hebrews. That is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And that could almost be a superscription over the Pilgrim's Progress because this, this is really what Bunyan was, was referring to, uh, of course, especially before Pilgrim is saved and becomes Christian. And so they're having this discussion they're talking about the Lord, who is the great warrior, who fought with and has slain him who has the power of death, but not without great danger to himself. And then as Bunyan is reflecting, he keeps inserting himself into his own story. It's okay, he can do that. But here's what he says, this made me love him all the more. He had prison time to do a lot of thinking and to do writing. But the more he reflected on Jesus, our warrior, who conquered sin and death, he said, it made me love him more. And so Bunyan says, as I listened, Christian explained to the others that the Lord had fought with the loss of much blood out of pure love for Christian's former country, which was what? City of Destruction. The maidens around the table declared they had spoken to the Lord since his death on the cross. And they declared him to be such a lover of poor pilgrims that no other like him was to be found from east to west. Reminds me of the song, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. <laughs> There's no other friend so kind as he no one else could take the sin and darkness from me. 
Moreover, they affirmed from his own lips that he had stripped himself of his glory in order to save the poor because he would not dwell in Mount Zion alone. The carol that Brother Rock led us in when we started the service tonight talked about, again, his leaving heaven. Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown and came to this earth for me. So he stripped himself of that glory. He became man. He had come to make many pilgrims princes, though by nature they were born beggars and their origin had been the dunghill. Or as this farm boy grew up, the manure pile. I had referenced uh, earlier that video that I got to see of how God is using the uh, recorded word to save people. Do you know where some of these churches, literally, physically, where some of these churches are being founded in some of these third world countries? On huge garbage dumps where people are eking out a living on top of those piles and are being saved and they're forming churches on top of city dumps and that's where they're gathering to worship the Lord now this imagery, these, this expression is it found in the scripture? Absolutely take your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 2 You'll recognize this. This is Samuel's mother's song of praise, Hannah. 1 Samuel 2, and notice what she says in verse 8. He raises up the poor out of the dust. He lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. That is our God. Now, did you know that was in the Bible? But again, Bunyan extracts that correctly and says, that's who we were as pilgrims still in our sin before we came to Christ. Thus they talked together until late at night, and after they had committed themselves to prayer, in prayer, to their Lord for protection, they went to their chambers to sleep. Christian was given a large upper chamber whose window opened towards the sun rising. The name of that chamber was Peace, where he slept until break of day. Well, again, I love the imagery here. Before you pillow your head at night, you need to talk to your Lord. You need to pray for his protection, not just assume it. He is the shepherd who never sleeps, praise God. But you need to ask him for protection. And it will help if before you go to sleep, you have filled your mind with the table talk that Bunyan presents in his story. Too often, sadly, Christians go to bed at night and they fill their head with all kinds of stuff from the world. And they struggle to sleep. Why? Because the Prince of Peace needs to occupy. I mean, he's there, 
But we need to let his thoughts occupy our thoughts even as we sleep. So when Pilgrim awoke, he sang, or Christian, when he awoke, sang these words, Where am I now? You can imagine he had a smile on his face. Is this the love and care, O oh Jesus, for the men that pilgrims are? Thus to provide that I should be forgiven and dwell already next to the door of heaven. Gets up from a full night's sleep. The sun radiates through that window and he thinks about his position in Christ. And there's peace. By the way, you do realize you are right next to the door of heaven. To be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. A heartbeat away from glory, the celestial city. So in the morning, they all got up. After more conversation, the sisters told him he should not depart until he had, uh, till they had shown him the rarities of that place. How beautiful. First, they led him into the study where they showed him records of the great antiquities. From a scroll, they showed him the pedigree of the Lord of that place, that he was the son of the ancient of days and came by eternal generation. In other words, he has always been. Here also was recorded the acts he had done and the names of many thousands he had taken into his service whose habitation now <clears throat> could not be numbered by days. Then they read him some of the worthy acts of the Lord's servants that they had done. How they had subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and caused the armies of aliens to flee away. Of course, Bunyan there is quoting from the faith chapter, Hebrews 11, verses 33 and 34. So Christian and his companions are reading this great record. Next, they led Christian into the armory. And by the way, I don't know how many of you have gotten to visit any of the castles in Europe, been in a real castle. Okay, I see some hands. Every one of those castles had what? It had an armory. It was a castle. It was there to protect. And so they had armor there to protect and to be worn by the soldiers, the warriors. So they led him into the armory where they showed him all manner of weaponry which their Lord had provided for Christians. The sword, the shield, the helmet, the breastplate. I love this next one that Bunyan lists that Christian is gazing on. Here's what Bunyan called it. It's the weapon of all prayer. Now help me out, where in Ephesians 6 do we get that? All prayer. We get, we get the armor listed and then it says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. You do realize that's part of your armament as well. 
So there was all prayer and shoes that would not wear out. And there was here in this armory enough to fit out as many men for the service of their Lord as there uh, be stars in the heaven for multitude. So Christian, you never have to worry about running out of ammo unless you're depending on yourself. But we can, we can go to the Lord every day full supply of the armor, and that will not fail us. As again, uh, having done all to stand, stand therefore putting on the armor. Now I love this next part. This is probably one of my favorite parts in all of Pilgrim's Progress. Along with the armor, they showed him some of the other implements by which the Lord's servants had defeated his foes. They showed him Moses' rod. The hammer and nail with which Jael slew Sisera on display. The pitchers, trumpets, and lamps too with which Gideon had put to flight the armies of Midian. Pitchers, lamps, trumpets. Now, I've heard some trumpets. I've played some notes myself that would scare an enemy, all right? But, uh, but, but think about that. Trumpets? Then they showed him the shaft of Shamgar's ox goad, wherewith he slew 600 men. What's an ox goad? Again, this farm boy, you go down the lane to get the cows, just find a twig, sharpen the end of that so that it pokes the, the, the cow and gets their attention. Now I'm guessing this was a little bit bigger than just a branch. Let's call it a walking stick with a point. But the point is he killed 600 men with that walking stick. They showed him also the jawbone of a donkey. Which Samson did such mighty, with which Samson did much, such mighty feats. One took up the sling and stone of David, with which he slew the giant Goliath. After these things, Christian and his companions went and took rest again. Now, let me ask you a question. If God can use a walking stick, Moses' rod, the jawbone of a donkey, a nail and a hammer. Do you think God can empower the armor he has given you to resist Satan? Yes or no? All that in the Old Testament was to show us if God can use that, you know what, he's given us full armor. If you wear it and hold the shield of faith, you're going to be fine. Fiery darts, not a problem. Then I saw in my dream on the morrow, Christian arose to go forward on his journey. Beyond the hill difficulty stood the delectable mountains, which, they said, the Lord would use to add to Christian's comfort. But before he set forward, the sisters led him again into the armory. 
Here they helped him into his own armor, head to foot, lest perhaps he should meet with other assaults in the way. Being thus fitted, he walked with his friends to the gate. There he asked the porter if he had seen any other Christian pilgrims pass by. To this the porter answered, yes. Please, said Christian, tell me, did you know him? Porter said, I asked his name, and he told me it was, again, another favorite character in pilgrims, his name is Faithful. Oh, said Christian, he was my near neighbor and came from the place where I was born. In other words, he had come from the city of destruction too. By the way, you may be from whatever city you're from, but you know where we all came from? City of destruction, right? When we get to heaven, we're going to cast our crowns at the Lord's feet and we're going to give him praise. Not because I was from Rockford, Illinois. He snatched me from the burning city of destruction. So Christian says, how far ahead do you think he has gone? Porter said, by this time, he will be down the nearby hill. Having thanked the porter, Christian began to move forward. But discretion, piety, charity, and prudence accompanied him to the nearby hill. Then said Christian, as it was difficult coming up, so as I can see, it will be dangerous going down. Now let me just pause. Is the Christian life just this steady climb? Don't you wish? It goes this way, and then it goes this way. And yes, there are mountaintops, there are valleys. And now he comes to the decline into one of these valleys. Yes, said Prudence, so it is. For it is hard for a man to go down into this valley called humiliation. In the Christian journey, I would prefer that there not be any humiliation. And by the way, nobody even has to help me with that. I do it all by myself. Just yield to the flesh a little bit, and oh, here it comes. What does God promise? If you exalt yourself, I'm going to humble you. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. It hurts, ugh, but it reminds us we need to look to him. And in this valley, there is often slips Therefore, we have come out, these ladies say, to accompany thee down the hill. Indeed, Christian did slip a time or two, but was supported by prudence or caution, discernment, discretion, same thing, piety, genuine spirituality, and charity. Walk humbly with the Lord, friends, and make sure these are your constant companions, whether going up, or coming down. Then Bunyan says, I saw in my dream that these good companions, when they had reached the bottom of the hill, gave Christian a loaf of bread, a bottle of new wine, and a cluster of raisins. Thus, he went on his way, reciting what he now knew. 
And here were his words. While Christian is among godly friends, their golden words, his perspective mends. I was once full of griefs, but when they let me go, I'm clad with mighty armor from top to toe. You young people, just a reminder, make sure that you have the right companions. Make sure you have the right friends. But more importantly than even having the right physical friends, you need to pick friends who have the right spiritual friends. And you need to have the right spiritual companions as well. Piety, discernment, love. They won't lead you astray. But will help you in that narrow way. Thus, Christian continues his journey. And in 2022, uh, we're going to take a recess. Uh, we will study up until our Bible Institute begins. Look forward to meeting in those classes. And uh, then through the winter quarter, uh, we'll be studying more intently God's word, and at the conclusion of that, we'll come back together and learn more about the Christian pilgrim's progress. Let's stand together. Father, thank you for what we've learned in these months together in 2021. Thank you for answered prayer. And Lord, thank you for this narrative, this story that truly is a reflection on what you say the Christian life is. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757 488 3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.